Tonight, I want to invite you on a journey with me. A journey that is a very ancient journey. And one of the things that I have prayed for tonight is that all thoughts we have that are not the highest thoughts will wash away. Because when I tell you I'm talking about the Good Shepherd tonight, most people go immediately to Psalm 23, and then they immediately go to dumb sheep, and that we sheep are kind of dumb. And you know what I mean? We have these scripts. But I'm asking you to invite the Holy Spirit to free you from your scripts. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand to say how many of you have heard some kind of sermon or heard something that sheep are dumb, um, because most of you are nodding at me like, well, yeah, don't you know that, Susan? Uh, but can I challenge that for a moment? Let me ask you something. The same loving Father who's been with you since you were in your mother's womb, who sent his son and poured out his son's lifeblood to make you, remake you, and call you elected sons and daughters, would he compare you to a dumb animal? When the heavenly chorus resounds with exuberant worship as worthy as the Lamb of God, would the Father allow the angels to say, worthy is the Son of God who acts like a dumb lamb? Sometimes we just hear things over and over, and we think, well, that must be true. We're all dumb sheep and need a shepherd. I don't think that's biblical. You know? And I don't think the one who died for me would call me or even with poetic imagery and allegorisms compare me to a dumb sheep. Just doesn't sound like the rest of the word, does it? So I give that just as a small little example to say, whisper in your heart, O Holy Spirit, empower me to open wide to receive the fullness of what you want to speak to me tonight. A different revelation, a greater revelation that is practical, that is real, and that is eternal about the shepherd and his sheep. Holy Spirit, transform me. Because there's no image given by God that isn't meant to carry sufficient love to radically transform us in any one moment in time. Micah, chapter 5. But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me. That's God talking. Shall come forth for me, one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old and from ancient days. Verse 4. And he shall stand and he shall shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, 
and the majesty of the name of the Lord is God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great in the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. John 10, 17 and 18, Jesus says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. But this is the charge I have received from my Father. And that was his summation verses after he's just described himself as the good shepherd. There was an ancient call for Jesus to be the shepherd. It was developed before the foundations of the earth, and so it must be so bountiful with rich revelation. For the Father doesn't do things haphazardly nor half-heartedly. He never chooses a name for his son that is less than revealing his perfection of love and of mission. And so the son comes as a shepherd. The shepherd becomes a lamb. And then if you can envision it in the Trinity, the son comes as a lamb, and now the father is the shepherd over the son. And the son says, Father, you are my shepherd. I will say what you tell me to say. I will do what you tell me to do. I will go where you tell me to go. You will feed me. You will nourish me. You will lead me through the valley of the shadows of death. Father, you are my shepherd. And so the Father, as the great shepherd, pulls the Trinity into a tight flock. As Jesus now becomes the lamb to follow the shepherd, and the Holy Spirit is following and they have one passion, enlarge the flock. So the lamb comes to rescue lambs. And you know that that came at a high price. You're familiar with the scriptures. Isaiah 53, surely... He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And yet we thought he was stricken down and smitten by God. But he was wounded for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to our own way. And the Lord laid on him all of our iniquity. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep before its shearers is silent. He opened not his mouth. And if you look at Psalm 22, David has this beautiful vision of the lamb on the cross that's being pierced and beaten and mocked and scorned and and when you look at the agony of the price of the lamb, you think, why? 
And why would he translate, I did all of this as your shepherd. I did all of this to become a lamb so that you could become lambs. Why? Why did the father call us sheep? Why did he call us lambs? The sheep bond to one voice. One voice. And they depend on that one voice for all their needs to be met. That was worth the life of Jesus for us to become sheep, to bond to one voice. Sheep move in a flock. They're not isolationists. They're not independent. Their DNA, their peace, everything about them is flock, 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 flock. And when they move, they tend to move so close together you can't even hardly walk between them because their DNA is we do this together. So it's not from an earthly sense, let's analyze the intellectual capacity of a sheep. It's from a kingdom sense. What was he calling us up to be? It's not like, well, you're sheep, you can't do anything right, you need a shepherd. He was saying, come up higher. Would you be willing to embrace the honor of being a sheep? Of where you just know one voice? You just follow one voice? And that you lay aside independence and isolationism and you let come alive in you the DNA of we're a flock. You know the parable in Luke 15. It's the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus says, you know, if there's someone who's embraced being a sheep and they're wanting to hear that one voice and they're wanting to be a part of the flock, but Something in life just kicks them off and they're over here by themselves. Of course, I will leave and go get them. And when he looked at the crowds in Matthew 9, 36, he said, oh, they're like a sheep without a shepherd. They're wanting to hear a voice. They're wanting to move together. They just haven't bonded to my voice yet. In the Jewish faith, the book Song of Songs is referred to as the Holy of Holies in Scripture because it is the bride and the bridegroom. And in Protestant faith, it is understood as the bride and the bridegroom. Chapter 1, the bride is talking and just don't even look at me. Don't gaze upon me. I'm dark. 
The sun has looked upon me. In other words, I've lived a hard life. I've worked outside a lot. My mother's sons were angry with me, and they made me keeper of their vineyards, and my own vineyard I've never kept. What is she saying? I've lived my life for everybody else. I just did what everybody else wanted me to do. I met their expectations. I thought I was created to serve other people. I haven't kept my own vineyard. I, I don't even know how to keep the vineyard of me. And so she talks to the beloved and she says, tell me. You whom my soul loves, where do you pasture your flock? Where do you let them lie down at noon? For why should I be one that veils herself beside the flock of your companions? If we use today's terms, she's saying, I am in a body of believers, and these folks over here seem to know your presence. They seem to hear your voice. They seem to know how to love themselves and find peace and contentment. They know how to let you shepherd them, but I don't, I don't know how to keep a vineyard. I don't know how to hear your voice. I don't know how to find green pastures. And I don't want to always be the one here beside the companions who know you. And they always seem to know you. They always seem to hear your presence, get the visions, be in the glory. They have such peace, and I just feel dark. Tell me, how do I... Let you shepherd me. And that heart is the heart of the bride. That hunger, that passion that says, I really want to be a sheep. I want to know your voice, and I want to be so bonded to your voice. And I want to feel safe in the body of Christ. And I want to love flock stuff. I want to love being in the flock. I'm not afraid or hesitant or whatever, whatever. I, I want to be that. She sees the honor of being a sheep. She's like, wow. I want to be a sheep. And she sees the beauty of submission. I've shared this with a couple of you privately. I remember decades ago, turning point in my personal journey. Because in my 20s, I was a glorious perfectionism and religious. And oh my gosh, I needed so much help. And uh, it's true. And uh, so I'm away on a prayer time, and um, I was in a season where I would just go to the Abbey of Gethsemane every Saturday and pray. And if you haven't been there, oh, it's a glorious place. And I remember sitting there, and there's a grove of trees there. And when you walk through the grove, over here are life-size statues of the disciples sleeping in the garden. 
And if you don't know it's there the first time, it is a spiritual jolt that rocks you. And then you go about 50 yards further, and there is this striking bronze statue of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and his veins are bulging out. And, he's just and that was my prayer place for about 13 years. And I remember going, Jesus, I want to submit to you, but everything I'm hearing about submission scares the blue blazes out of me. And I don't hear the love in it. I don't understand what is submission. And for one of the few times in my life, I heard him audibly say, oh, my love. Submission is letting me love you all the ways I desire. I submit. Bring it on. I submit. I know that when we talk about shepherds and lambs, almost everybody goes to Psalm 23, and it is profound. It is one of the most powerful messianic psalms, and it is indeed messianic. Psalm 22 is a picture of the cross, and then the Holy Spirit comes right in with Psalm 23, which describes who Jesus will be to us as Savior and as Messiah someday. And it is this wonderful proclamation of, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. And David is saying, love me beyond my wants and beyond my needs. It's not, you're my shepherd, meet my needs. The understanding is, oh, shepherd me, oh God. Beyond my wants and beyond my needs. Let me rest in green pastures. Feed me. For man does not live by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. Take this and feed me with your word. For in your word, it's like honey that brings life. To me, take me by those still waters where it's so peaceful, it's like the Holy Spirit and I are in a stunning oneness. And there's not even a ripple. Yeah, shepherd me there. Take me to that place. Take me down those paths of righteousness that you have created for me before the foundations of the earth. And do it for your name's sake because it's going to bring you joy when I receive everything you've prepared for me. And even though I walk through the valley, and it says the valley of the shadow of death, and that can be interpreted a zillion ways because the word's always pregnant with revelation. But it's simply stated, when I go through things I didn't expect, That's my valley of shadows. I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. And it certainly lasted longer than I anticipated it would. 
when I go through those things that I didn't expect and I don't know how to get out of. And Don't let me be afraid that the enemy's going to get me there. Don't let me be afraid of evil and that oh, I must have done something wrong. The enemy's going to get me. Don't, don't let me go there. You are still my shepherd. And you're with me. And your rod and staff, they comfort me. They're never used for discipline. They're used to protect me, to guide me, to rescue me. And you have surrounded me. You've prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And it's not just enemies of warfare kind of stuff. It's even the enemies in your own head sometimes. Old thoughts, old family scripts, old patterns, old memories. I want to feast at the table in the presence of my enemies. So my enemies see I'm at the table and you're not invited. I'm at the table. You're not. And for someone in this room, get that vision deep inside of you. And when you feel like the enemy's coming in your head, see yourself sitting at the table, the presence at the table, the banqueting table, and see all those thoughts and all those family scripts and all that stress. Now, sorry, you're not invited here. And then the shepherd, and you know, the shepherd anoints the sheep's head with oil. <laughs> the oil that protects us like the helmet of salvation protects our thoughts. Protects what we see and what we hear in the spirit. It's the oil that even runs down and brings healing in the body of the sheep. It's a shepherd who cares for each sheep individually and so tenderly. Do you know most shepherds have nicknames for every sheep? Because each sheep has their own personality. And shepherds in David's time, in Jesus' time, and even today in rural Middle Eastern countries, they sing all the time. Because as long as the sheep can hear their voice, they're calm. And so Zephaniah 3.17 says, oh, he sings over me. He quiets me. He's my shepherd. It's the shepherd who said to the woman caught in adultery, It's the shepherd who said to the father who brought him the son that was epileptic and no one could heal him and he'd gone to everyone and the shepherd goes, it's okay, I'll heal your son. It was the shepherd who looked at the 5,000 and said, oh, I can't send them away. They might faint along the way. I can't send them. I must feed them. It's the shepherd who restores your soul. But he is this beautiful shepherd who waits for our permission. 
all believers have the potential to be a sheep. But not all believers are sheep. Remember, the sheep hungers to bond to one voice and be led by one voice. A sheep longs for that oneness with the flock. In John 10, when Jesus is describing himself as the good shepherd, He says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. And just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my, down, my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold, but I will bring them in, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. <laughs> it's John 17, isn't it? One flock, one shepherd. Psalm 100. You know this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Why? Why is he saying, be excited? What? what? Know that the Lord is God. And that know there means to be skilled and wise in relationships. It's the Hebrew equivalent to John 10 when Jesus says, I know the Father and the Father knows me. And in other words, I'm skilled in the relationship. The Holy Spirit is saying, be skilled in your relationship with the Lord it is he who has made us. We are his. We are his people. The Hebrew is, we are his kinsmen. That's a whole lot stronger. We are his kinsmen. And the sheep of his pasture. You know, there are a lot of different words they could use for sheep. And that word is for small ones who tend to migrate. Small animals who tend to go from place to place as the seasons change. Isn't that a beautiful prophetic picture? We're small ones. And when the seasons change, we just migrate. And he's saying, if you're that kind of sheep, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Dear ones, I know I haven't scratched the surface of saying what's on his heart, except to say this to you. I invite you to take the next month and say, shepherd me, O oh God. Shepherd me, O oh God. And awaken me to the honor, the honor of being your sheep. And for those who become sheep, 1 Peter 5, 4, 
And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory. <laughs> Worthy is the lamb. To receive strength and honor and glory. Revelation 7, he will shelter them with his presence for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. Do you know even in heaven we will still be sheep? Bonded to one voice. Living for that voice as a flock. Second. I think this is his heart. Thank you. Thank you. I always dreamed of being your shepherd. Thank you. Thank you. Can I please be your shepherd? Please. Please. Let me pray for a moment. Oh, shepherd of our souls. We love you and we adore you. Who are you? Who are you really that you are so consumed with us knowing you and so consumed with us receiving you in such a oneness and a closeness and a joyful submission and a joyful affirmation of bonded to your voice that you said, I'm a shepherd. You're trying so hard to reach into our spirits and give us pictures and visions and, and allegories and analogies just to awaken us, to say, can I love you that way? And so, shepherd, I invite you right now Would you just pour your oil on the heads of everyone in this room? I invite you, Jesus, just to put your hand on their heads and let the oil flow down, healing mind and body and soul and spirit, restoring them and lifting them to a whole new realm of how much you honor them as your sheep. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, to minister to them right now in these moments. So green, you lead me. 
Story. 
who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us all that is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we close tonight, I want to give you an invitation. The invitation is, let it be redeemed within us. The high call of him as a shepherd and the high honor to be his sheep. Let us open up in the next 30 days and, and just say, shepherd me. Show me the fullness of this. I want to be skilled in knowing I'm your sheep. If um, that's your heart, then as we close in worship, I just tell you the communion table is open. And I don't know a better way to say one-on-one -on -one to the shepherd lamb, I want to be your sheep, than for you to take his body and his blood. And so as we proclaim the truth, how he loves you. Communion is open if you'd like to make that commitment to him. Would you stand?